Fuck it. We'll do it live. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Free China Pod. What's up, Ari? You do one with Ben? No, I was going to, but he didn't end up coming over. Oh, I'm too tired. He's a fraud and a coward. <clears throat> no, he's... Now you sound like, uh... What's her name? That... Rachel Maddow. <laughs> the Arizona governor's debate uh, was between Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake and oh. Katie Hobbs. Two, two women running for the governor of Arizona. And the Democratic candidate... It seems to be like afraid of the Republican candidate, or at least the Republican candidate is really good at making it seem that way. Basically, like they were supposed to have a debate, and the Democratic candidate just like walked out. She's just like, no, she's a conspiracy theorist. I refuse to engage with her. Oh, <laughs> so they canceled the debate, and then Carrie Lake, the Republican candidate, showed up at, at one of her town hall meetings, oh and they like refused to start it. They're like, you need to leave before it starts, and they like basically forced her out. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, it's looking weird, and then. I saw from one of the commentators basically saying that she looked kind of, uh, I don't know, not dazzled, what's the word? Like a scaredy pants? Yeah, she looked a little bit shaken by the fact that her <laughs> opponent had showed up at her town hall meeting to, to call her out. I'm, I'm obviously, would probably vote for the Democratic candidate. Yeah. But, because Carrie Lake is a psychopath in general, but <laughs> um, I remember her growing up. On TV there but uh yeah it's not a good look when you refuse to refuse to debate I mean she might be a conspiracy theorist but so point out point out the flaws in her argument point out how ridiculous she is and at, at worst if she like starts going off the rails or something like that not only will the moderator step in but you can just walk out as opposed to not even showing up yeah there's I, I do think in general it's like there's no you should literally ridicule and make fun of and not engage in debate with people who are that insane but in in terms of a like a political race you have to yeah otherwise like you're explaining you look weak and it gives credence weak gives credence to the other side but like i see people online these like fucking uh like right-wing like nazi type people that are just like debate me bro debate me bro it's like no fuck you just make fun of them i know i know i know it's not like the the nominee from the party that's yeah. basically won the gubernatorial race there for like the past i think two decades since janet reno yeah yeah you definitely you, you have to i mean there's really not a choice otherwise you end up looking like dr oz like a coward <laughs> carpet bagger carpet bagger hell yeah wait why does dr oz look like a coward he's like refusing to debate as well oh. from what i've seen it's just not a good look it's not. He also just looks like an idiot because he's he cannot hold himself together. He keeps getting just stepping in it all the time with his from his crudite to the fact that, like you said, he's a carpetbagger. Doesn't seem to know much about the state that he's trying to run in. Just a silly, silly man. Go back to Jersey, doctors. I saw. Uh, speaking of carpetbagging, I saw Chen uh, Chen Shizong. On, on TV the other day, I, the, the that poll that I sent you guys, uh-huh. basically saying that he was running third. They they ran two polls, okay? So they asked the first question is, which one did the most for the health of the city of Taipei? So of course he won, and they it was on uh, SETN, which uh-huh. apparently I mean basically they were trying to pump that he's winning. So they showed that poll like 30 times. They're like he's getting like 40 percent of the vote. Why would anyone say that Huang Sansan or 
Huang Sunsun is the deputy mayor, though, so I, I could see where that would that would. How about Zhang Wan? He's yeah, like Zhang Wan hasn't been in powers there, so of course not. Yeah, so it's a preposterous, it's a preposterous question in the first place. But the fact that that's the only one they showed, and then in terms of actual support, which I believe was conducted in the same survey, yeah, uh, he's he's third. I mean, they're, you're right; they're all within like the the margin, margin of error, but yeah. they shouldn't be considering that the levels of party support there are vastly different between the parties. And right now, actually favor the DPP, although not by a large, actually by a decent margin. Yeah. So he should be ahead, actually. Let's let this guy pass. All right. Slapper. Yeah. Clapping McGee. <laughs> He's trying to keep pace. So, uh... He's doing well. He's doing better than us. It's going to be annoying to edit out. Oh, I'm not going to edit it out. That stays in. All the noises from the hike pod stay in. There you go. These people know each other. That's cute. Yeah, I think uh, there might be a decent amount of uh, sloppy races coming up. But we'll see. We, uh, I need to get in contact with all those uh, TSP candidates and see if we can do some, some local Kaohsiung political interviews. I think we can we could make a good argument about how like uh, it's really interesting even driving between Kaohsiung and Tainan how mm -hmm. like how the campaign posters change and the styles of the candidates change yeah um, but I think it would be a lot more exaggerated between parties and between like major regions of the country yeah I know Taipei Taipei had some weird ones like the man with the, the bird on his shoulder oh yeah that one was weird <laughs> but uh, even just the way they stand and the style that they exude like in Tainan they look they're very because it's especially in the countryside which is where I was it's a lot more like rural so there are nobody wears glasses basically not all of them but most of them don't wear glasses and the way they stand is just kind of like like a very stoic Taiwanese man like an <laughs> old Taiwanese man just standing there like staring with like a thousand yard gaze into the camera just got that BDE what's BDE big dick energy <laughs> And uh, in Kaohsiung, it's more, it's more urban. You can tell there's like a lot of like silliness and like fun faces and like fist bumping and stuff like that. Did you, did you see posters for the lowering the voting age anywhere? No. Because there are some in Kaohsiung. I saw ones that were like, they used, it used to be a, a Chen Shi Mai poster with one of the local candidates for uh, Lingya district. And uh, now they changed it. To uh -huh. be a, like a, everyone get out to vote like 18 year olds can vote soon poster. Really? Yeah. But is that true? Not not in this election, but it will be soon. I believe it takes takes effect next year. Who voted for that? Who voted for what? To lower the voting age, because I feel like the KMT would have strongly opposed that. I know it was voted on in the, in the legislative yuan. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, careful. Yeah. yeah, they just... Amended the constitution, which I feel like, I guess happens in Taiwan probably more than it does in yeah, other places. This is more like Kaohsiung style, like a little bit of smile, rolling up their shoulders. This is already northern Kaohsiung, so it's getting a little bit rural. This is pretty rural already. But then China, I don't think I got any good pictures, actually. I just got this one. This guy was one of the softer candidates. But this one, just very stoic, nothing, just like uh, just, just arms folded. Just the, the, the curly cues up an edge of a smile. Yeah. yeah, very stoic. 
There's there uh, much more serious ones than that even, but I don't think I got any good pictures. I got a bunch from around Kaohsiung, but that's all I got so far. But yeah. Yeah, once we get a nice little uh, library of these pictures, I think it will be interesting to compare. Yeah. Especially if we can yeah, expand throughout all of Taiwan. Well, maybe not all, but... <laughs> a, a large portion. Good portions, say. yeah. Good portion of mainland Taiwan. <laughs> He's funny. I know. Maybe maybe Shaliocho, too. Shaliocho. <laughs> I, I definitely won't have time to go there. I don't have any more weekends off before the election. Oh yeah, that's true. It is coming up soon. Yeah, the end of November. <laughs> Actually, I might have one weekend, but anyways. My point being is that we're probably not going to go to like a bunch of places like Mazu and Lanyu well, and stuff. We'll go to Jimen. <clears throat> that's true. I'll go to Taizong and I can do a little bit of Zhonghua all out there. Nanto, I can also do a little bit of Nanto. Uh, and then we should probably do that northern trip if we have time. That way we can do. Oh, it's gonna be so cold. Uh, if we can find good weather. Good luck with the north. I mean, there, is, there are weekends where there's good weather. Sometimes. I saw a lot of people. Yeah, this weekend was obviously not yeah, good. A lot of people posting wearing full coats and the sky was very cloudy and it was very windy. The weather's been weird, because like Ben was like pumping all these, he's like, oh, oh, I, me too. I was like, oh, the middle of the country is not gonna rain, the weather's gonna be good. The south is gonna rain, and the north is gonna rain. And it turned out that like, everywhere except the south was raining. <laughs> I feel like that's generally how it turns out. Yeah, those forecasts are just like, almost always a crock of shit. Like the, the best way is like to find somebody up there you like go outside and look at the sky. <laughs> That's honestly the be the best way to gauge the weather coming up. Yeah, the the problem is also, but because so much of Taiwan is mountainous, like it can change pretty quick. But yeah. but I agree, that's probably the best way to, it's to do it. Better than asking the forecasts, which are like more than fifty percent <laughs> wrong. They're really bad here. They're just they're just bad. Like unless it's like an hour out. Yeah. <laughs> It did, it Within did, an hour, I'd say they have higher accuracy. It did rain here for like 15 minutes, to be fair. Yeah, I remember. I was here. Yeah. It was like Friday night, right? Uh, it rained on Sunday night as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, when we went out to... Not Tainan. It was like so short. We went out to check out those military buildings, and it was like sunny, and then around the time the sun went down, it got a little bit cloudy, and then we went to go eat. Oh, we ate at a fire spot. You should. We should go there sometime. And uh, when we came out of the store, it like rained for, yeah, like five minutes while we walked back to the scoots. But it was not bad at all. So you got soaked? No, it wasn't even a hard rain. It was like a light misting. So yeah, it was fine. Soaked. My panties are always soaked. I mean, we already talked about Musk. All, you, all, all the listeners need to Elon know is Musk. that he's, he's a loser. Well, the, the, the two main things that were critical of him, I'm assume, I assume are <clears throat> number one, that his quote-unquote peace plan which is basically just a rehash of like the 2014 invasion aims of yeah. Vladimir Putin yeah and the idea that Elon Musk would somehow guarantee that that peace holds which is itself a joke yeah exactly as if Putin would ever keep his word or if he would go in good faith to to do this agreement the other thing that's been really frustrating about Ukraine recently is they blew up that bridge between Crimea and Russia that's well I saw recently from a UK military advisor saying it actually may have been a Russian 
armor convoy that just blew up because of how poorly they handled her. Yeah, there's no one really knows because they're obviously not flying warplanes over there. Like it's not like Ukraine is flying like their jets over there. But what uh, what what's been really frustrating about it is seeing people be like. Well, this is like an attack on civilian infrastructure, which, first of all, it was used for invasions of Crimea. So calling it purely civilian infrastructure is also kind of farcical, aside from the point that you just made that we don't even know who actually did it. And now, but but this the same people that will say that will never call out the fact that they literally just fucking bombed schools in Kiev. Who, who are you talking about? Because I feel like you're just talking about Twitter people. It's a lot of people. It's media people as well. Who? Who in the media is well, like... Well, people like the Grey Zone. Okay. Which, like, unfortunately, a lot of people follow. I mean, pro-Russian. Al- Alex Jones of the left is basically what it is. But like that kind of that kind of stuff, this kind of like genocide denial stuff. That's I don't know if it's still growing, but it's it's big. It's too big. It's ridiculous. America loves to be cooked <laughs> on the right and on the left. A lot of people, a lot of people do. They just, just like being well, it, it's just laziness in the fact that like you just pick a narrative, whether that's. On the on the far right would be America good, America's always good, or on the on the far left where it's America's bad, America's always bad. But Everything the, that America the, does is bad. The part that frustrates me is it's always it's not that uh, only that America's bad. It's that America's worse than <laughs> than like other genocidal autocratic regimes. Yeah, that's that's like the 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 paired argument with it, which I find undefendable. If it, criticizing America is one thing, but but making like a moral equivalence between like a a democracy and a like a NATO like defensive alliance and basically the the first example of like neo-colonial expansive invasions and in, in Europe I would in say Europe, it, it happens a lot in in places like the Middle East but wh- it hasn't happened since the 1990s where does it happen in the Middle East where one country invaded another with the intention to remove their democratically elected government I don't think that's happened since World War II. No, it definitely has. I mean, you look at the U.S. invading to do regime change of that's Saddam. Not, wait, wait, wait. Do that's, you said invade their country to... A democratically to, elected. That's what I said. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right. But still, I still don't think... I still I don't, don't think, think it's happened since World War II. I don't think it's justified. I would have to think about it, but... There are some examples po- where there's been, like... There's been commandos sent in, but that's not the same thing as staging a military invasion. Uh, okay, I would say we're splitting hairs, but anyway, keep... We're not, because because the idea is that uh, it, with a bunch of commandos sent in to storm the presidential palace, usually the number of civilians that... And I'm not justifying it, but I'm saying the number of civilians who die is not even on the Certainly there is a difference. Cer- a, certainly there is a difference, but I mean, Iraq... And these are not all directly caused by America, but there's estimates of up to a million civilians that died. So, like, I think... But again, it wasn't a democracy, so it's not... Again, but th- just because it's not a democracy doesn't mean you get to kill a bunch I'm of not, civilians. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there's not a moral equivalence here either. Uh, I would say both are wrong, but but okay. I mean, point being that, yeah, this is... it's Especially in Europe, it's pretty unprecedented. And uh, at least in recent history. I would say against democracies, it's unprecedented. Um... Against like a real electoral democracy. I can't think of any examples since World War II. And not only that, it's not only about, it's not about regime change, it's about territorial annexation. It's about the war aim. When the United States invaded Iraq, it was to basically depose like a genocidal dictator who had waged war against basically all of its neighbors. It wasn't to colonize 
the place and steal their resources. Well, I would say I would say you could make a, a an argument about wanting a little hand in the oil, but yes, it's the 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 main focus obviously was not for that. And yes, I mean it, you you can't defend this the Saddam regime. I don't know. Again, I still am very wary of like saying. Well, if we really don't like the, the regime, we should just invade. I'm not. That's not what <coughs> but, I'm saying. But, but I agree. I'm saying there's no moral equivalence whatsoever. I feel like they're both they're both bad, but they're bad on like there, it's, on a it's scales. scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah, scales for sure. No, Logarithmic no, I, scales of difference here. I would say between deposing a democratically elected government to annex the territory and basically make it part of your autocracy and removing a, a removing a, a dictator to put in. It, a democracy or to attempt to put in a democracy yeah those are not the same thing they're, they're not and that's i think that's what it comes down to is that everything has become 240 characters of whataboutism which is why twitter should be boycotted <laughs> immediately. it's uh thank you for making my point for me Jordan. i don't think it's going to happen I, I don't necessarily disagree with you but i don't think it's going to happen you want to just keep going this way loop around that's the flattest but just these people here you could do this loop we did that last time that's fine I thought we did the other way. What was the other thing? Oh, we we started talking about moral equivalence and stuff like that. Um, well, let me just make my point for that article that I was saying too. Mm-hmm. Go on my diatribe here. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which is that? That is a very loud police car. Yeah. It's probably like a kilometer or two away from here. Just hitting that that hot echo. That the notion, the notion that the NATO or the United States is at all responsible for Russia's invasion of Ukraine, for Putin's invasion of Ukraine, is absolutely preposterous. If, if Vladimir Putin, and I, I shouldn't say Russia because it's a one-man state now. If Vladimir Putin, I, I, I do think that it's you can't just say it's only Vladimir Putin. He has a solid base around him, and there are definitely a lot of people that support what he's doing. There are a lot of people, but it's a hit, lot of brainwashed people, people in power. Sure. The ones, the only ones that are around him right now are basically sycophants who have not been murdered or exiled already. Cer- certainly, certainly. But I think some people think it's like if Putin goes down, everything will change, and I, I, I I'm not as optimistic about that. I'm pretty optimistic because I think most people, other than Putin realize that and i'm not saying i don't think putin cares about the war aims at all i think he just wants to show a win i don't think he gives a fuck about ukraine mm. and i don't think he gives a fuck about i think he wouldn't mind having the territory but yeah i think I mean, he I, wants I, it to I, show as a war prize i think that's probably true I, I think now that it's now that he realizes that it's not as easy to capture as he as he assumed it was he would be okay with backing out if it if it allowed him to save face but uh that I, I mean, I'm not sure about, and that's very difficult yeah, to parse. Know. The point being that the notion that you, that the NATO represented such a threat to Putin that he had to invade Ukraine to basically stable, uh, stabilize or to send NATO a message because of the reaction, the predictable reaction that every single neighboring state then immediately... Uh, Vulture to join NATO. Yeah, exactly. It's a preposterous notion. No, it's it's stupid, and I think people making that argument are either making it in bad faith or are just silly people that yeah. that are just looking for to make excuses for for a dictator. Yeah, and it's a uh, kind of kind of sad. Hashtag baby shit. Uh, <clears throat> but the other uh, back to Elon Musk. We were talking uh-huh. about the reasons that were mad at him. Also, that he said that Taiwan should accept one country, two systems. Oh yes. Yeah, so he's friendly Democrat. He's big. He's big brain. Ir Musk this weekend. 
He's just coming staying with Staying up all night. Yeah, I stayed up all night. I stayed up all night to try to fix the situation in this war. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's stupid and uh, let's think about what I can say here. I hope I hope uh, Elon's Musk house is on the uh, on on CNN tomorrow. Elon's Musk house. Yeah, <laughs> Elon, he's a Musk dealer now. I hope his musky ass house is on CNN tomorrow morning. He sells low grade colognes <laughs> made from real musk. Elon's Musk. Do you want to smell like a nerdy computer bro losing all his hair? Yeah, but he's not either Elon's of those things. Musk. He's just like a he's like an incel. That's high on weed all the time. I don't think he actually smokes weed. I think he just did it that one time on Rogan to seem cool, which I think is even worse. I would rather him be a stoner because he'd probably be more chill. <laughs> but I think he, he did it just to get attention. Like, oh, this is what the cool kids do because he's been a loser his whole life and he doesn't know how to be a cool kid, but he's desperate, desperate to be a cool kid. And now he's got all this money, so he's trying to buy it, but he's slowly realizing that you can't buy that fucking hot, hot boy factor like we got. <laughs> you, you can do- just impregnate all your employees <laughs> and pretend you do. Yeah. You're born a hot boy or you struggle to be one your entire life, and he is the latter very much. <clears throat> I feel, I disagree, Jordan. I feel like you could change. He could be a hot boy. He just needs to drop his fucking stupid ideas. Yeah, it's, it's true. People can change, he but needs to leave he's Austin, not going Texas. to. He needs to go back to South Africa and reconcile with his roots. Yeah. Pay I think re- that would help. I him. think he needs to be a gym miner for like 20 years. You know, he like has terrible relations with his father, and I think that's one of the reasons why he acts out the way he does. <laughs> Because, uh, There's no more fathers in the homes anymore. Seriously, though, I think that that's like that's that's usually a big warning sign that somebody's gonna have a personality disorder when they have like a fractured relationship with their father. Yeah, I don't think it's just their father. I think it could be either of the parents. Well, especially a boy. A boy needs their father. A boy needs their father. Well. It's a good thing that Joe Biden decriminalized Father weed, figure. It doesn't need to be a male. I, I, I think it can also be in the community. Because there, there are studies that have, that have shown that if, I agree with if you. there's a communal relationship and you have like fa- multiple father figures in an area and they take care of all the young men and, and young women. Because young, I think everyone needs somewhat of that. And I don't think it even has to be a man. But I, I think that you just need that kind of strong, you need a strong supportive figure in your life. That's like kind of your rock. It doesn't need to be a man. It doesn't need to be your parent, but but yeah, um, you need that support for sure. We can't we can't rely on communities to provide. I, what I'm saying is that they can, and hopefully we structure society so it's more apt to do that. But group homes, group homes, Soviet-style group homes, <laughs> where children leave their parents at the age of four. I'm relocating to the we're relocating little Jimmy to the block today. Uh. <laughs> They're then raised by a series of expert teachers <laughs> who weed out all their negative personality traits through sheer force. It's called re-education. I was watching a thing on the Soviet Union. They still have that. Well, this was a few years ago, actually. But, yeah, the, they still have those group homes where they'll, like, remove you from your family at, like, a young age. This was, like, a, a model school, so I don't know how common it is. But the fact that it still exists in the world is pretty crazy. That's a little bit wild. But I don't find it that surprising in a place like like Russia. North Korea. China, either. Oh, no, I'm saying the thing that I saw it in was in North Korea. Oh, you saw it in North Korea. Yeah. Russia, I don't know. I'm sure they have it for political dissidents. Children. See you in Siberia, Tommy. <clears throat> well, speaking of uh, 
people who get a bunch of people pregnant out of wedlock, uh, Herschel Walker's campaign is imploding in America, and it's really fun to watch. I, it's it's fun to watch, but it's fun to watch in like a Kim Kardashian way. I kind of, I make myself sick sometimes, being like, oh, this is really like, this is the the lowest tabloid element of politics. Oh, it's trashy. It's trashy, but it's uh, it's also I think just fascinating to look at the hypocrisy. to see to to see the hypocrisy and to see just what like people will stoop down to accept because yeah, yeah. the voters like he's losing voters for sure. He's definitely down in the polls to Warnock more now. But it's like they still just don't care. And so it's like, do we hold, like, because this is the party of, you know, strong family values. He, there, it just came out, I don't know if you saw it, that he like paid for an abortion. Yeah, of course. And so it's like. That's, that's the whole controversy. So it's, that's not, not, that, that's but not all of it. He tried to pressure his, his, like, his wife to get another abortion or something like that. Well, and also that he, he claims that like men, like black men needs to be in the family. And then he has like four illegitimate children that he never sees. <laughs> and his, his son that he was supposedly in his life. The, that uh, his uh, who hates him. He hates him now. He was like campaigning for him. He's like this gay reactionary uh, little Republican TikTok star. But now he like just turned against him. Children. But it, that's the they point though. Is like it's so, it's so. It, we saw it with Trump right, too though. A strong father figure, not a fake one. <laughs> not a fake one. Not a not a CTE victim. But they'll just turn on you. A real man. That's what happens when you don't have a father in the house. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know, not really disappointing because it's almost expected now, but it is, uh, telling. I think, I think, I think the tabloid elements, I really don't, I, I don't like it, but I, I understand how it shows that hypocrisy, but I think it is also, it's reflective of what we already know, that most people actually yeah. don't care about anything, and yeah. they, they just vote somewhat randomly, honestly. I think a lot of it is... Who says the right things even if they don't live them out? And uh, just owning the other side. Who owns Who owns the libs? Who owns the conservatives? You should, I think, there's an old book. I, I need to see if the research has been replicated, but it's from the 1960s. It basically shows that most people actually don't care about policy at all. They just vote because, of, well, in the 1960s, it was based on how your parents voted, basically. Like I, if your parents vote a certain way, you basically just vote the party line, regardless of anything. I think that's probably changing somewhat, but that's just a feeling I have, and I would have to look at the research. I think it is too. I think it's. I think now it's more cultural, but I think a lot of people just vote. They have a reactionary camp. The, in the 1960s, I think partisan uh, polarization was a lot lower, to mm -hmm. be honest. So people, just, it was just like, it was kind of like faction voting in Taiwan. It was just like, oh, I belong to this faction, so I'm just going to vote for them. But it's not like an existential thing. I think now the cultural differences make it like we have two completely distinct visions of what America are you giving it to me of what America should be and I think that that makes it it's more serious now and it's also more more divided but it's also uh, it's basically just heuristic like people don't actually think about the candidates they don't think about policy they don't really understand politics for the most part and oh, totally. and they basically just vote as a reaction, I agree with you to certain things, but a lot of it is, is just deep culturally embedded things that they're, they're not going to change their vote no matter what happens, unless, unless the culture shifts and unless whatever, the culture of being like, I don't even know how to define it. It's not left or right. It's not progressive conservative. It's just kind of like, 
modern Republican and modern Democrat, if those cultures themselves shift in some way, if being like, I could, I could list you a series of characteristics and you could tell me exactly which party they would vote for, probably with like 90% accuracy. Yeah. Okay. It's South Carolina, 25 year old male mechanic. Republican. Yeah. Uh, Oregon school teacher, 69. 69. Doesn't matter what gender. Probably Democrat. I mean, like those. Th- the fact that we can do that so easily and so clearly just shows that it's it's more cultural and it's more. It goes down to your identity variables, and it's not. This isn't a, a hard and fast rule. No, no. By no. and large, it's true, and that shows exactly how you're going to vote, regardless of how you believe about any of those, any of those. Uh, and, and I agree with you. Different jobs may change how you view um, policies, mm-hmm. but to a large extent, a school teacher and it and a mechanic probably have the same interests by and large in terms of what policies oh, I, would help I would, them. Yeah, I would say most of the working class does, but, the, the, but neither party cares about that. That's what I was going to say. Is <laughs> neither party is going to deliver most of those things. I would say the Democrats are delivering more. Biden getting uh, people, getting rid of people's uh, charges for marijuana possession. That's a small step. It's not the best, but it's something. Um, but these are all niche issues, just like the student loan thing. They're, he's just targeting niches right now, which is I, not... I agree. There needs to be more broad... Federal s- minimum wage. I agree with you what we said federal, last time. Federal jobs program. That, that I think, would be... Depends what kind of jobs. This, I think that the, the devil's in the details of those. I think... I think it could first be of all, federal for min- almost anything. I mean, you could... What do you want to do? Uh... I think the Fix, government fixing has a limited amount of money, so I'd much rather them have like Medicare for all. Well, money's not real, Ari. You say that, but the financial markets think think it is. Well, the financial markets can go pound sand. You can. Yeah, the, other, then, the other thing is that Medicare could be easily fixed. It's just that they don't want to. But all they have to do is change it so the Medicare age starts this is at what zero. We said last time. We're, yeah. It, I think the word easy is wrong. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. We've already had this conversation. But what I'm saying is that. It's easier than a lot of things. Like you're not amending the constitution, you're changing the age to Agreed. zero. Now, yes, of course, you have lots of problems that you have to deal with after that. But all getting the PAs, what are we gonna do them? <laughs> Re-educate them. I think all the PAs in America should just have to go through like an extra two-year program to become real doctors. Or th- let's say three years, because I don't know the quality of the. Pro- it's not regulated as strictly. Like you could just figure out. But I think if they're going to be a general doctor or if they're going to have some sort of specialty and then give them specialty or general training. But the point being, I mean, they already got so much education, spent all this money, and basically they, what they have is like a, a sub-doctor degree. Yeah. It's a, it's a racket is what it is. Certainly. I mean, the education system in America in general is kind of a racket, so... So the medical system is much more of a racket. Well, yeah. Everything's kind of a racket in, in America. Sure, Let's go this way. I wanted to ask you about your, your take on... I don't like that word, take. What's, your, Twitter what's is. your take? What is your stance? Why, why do you have a stance that lowering interest rates is a, ba- is a bad thing? No, no, I think raising interest rates is a bad Th- thing. Why, why? Because that's typically considered a pretty pro-poor move. By most, by most economists. Well, it's it's going to increase unemployment, which I think is bad for for working class people. But it also, it's also it's al- inflation is typically considered like the worst thing for poor people. Yeah, because but that's why I think we should just do. Pr- my my argument is not that it might not work, but it's it's basically 
harming the labor market, which I think is that, that starting in to and do of well. Is it, that, that I think is not known. It's just, some people say that, but usually people who are against raising the interest rate, generally people who are against raising the interest rate are people who profit from, from financial speculation. Because low interest rates dumps a whole bunch of money into, into the financial markets and people will buy securities. People will buy stocks and bonds and, sh- and not stocks and bonds, stock, stocks, they'll invest in housing. People will dump a whole bunch of money into the economy because they can't make, they can't, they don't have any uh, financial security in putting their money in bonds. So typically low interest rates are kind of like a pro-finance, pro-economic speculation. Yeah, but there should be regulations specific for that. Just blanket raising the interest rate is such a fucking clumsy way to do this. But that's... I think just putting price controls on things, and also I think if if you want to regulate that, yeah, I think fine. If they want to speculate with all this money that's flowing around the economy, money flowing around the economy is good in my opinion, but just put a fucking tax on it. Just tax this fucking wild speculation. Like Bernie Sanders said, it was basically going to pay for university and pay for uh, Medicare for all with it. I... I think that lower. I think that raising the interest rates is a good idea because it will. It will, It's another way of slowing down the speculation because there are so many different ways to speculate. For instance, like commodities options. I mean, you can't regulate or stop all of this. You. You. But you can do a lot of it. And yeah, there's always going to be some speculation. But you're also by raising the interest rate, pretty much ensuring that one un- unemployment will go up and two that yeah, that's that, not true. That's that not is true. true. That's that is not true. true. That's a, that's a, that's a Republican argument from like the 1980s. Often, it ha- often it has. When when interest rates go up, so so does unemployment, which is what the Fed said they want to do. They said they want to raise unemployment. So th- that's what that's what the Fed thinks that they're trying to what do. What they what their main goal is is to lower inflation, and inflation hurts poor people more than Cer- unemployment. Certainly, but considering my, that poor people have lower rates of employment my, anyway. My whole point is, so does raising the interest rate, because then it means you can't buy houses anymore. Okay, it means but most you, people. First of all, the houses are so out of price right now, and this is a step. This is a step. That's, most this is my whole point: is deal with these problems instead of just going. You can, well, we'll raise the we'll raise the interest rate, and you, everything no will work solution. itself out. There's no solution to price caps. Do not. First of all, they don't work. Look at let's look at Taiwan. Okay, Taiwan. Your idea is like nationalize. Taiwan already has national oil. Okay, mm-hmm. inflation is real. Like uh, gas prices have gone up like thirty percent. So basically, some you're of the inflation is real. The government to subsidize people who consume shitloads of gasoline, which is what basically price caps are. So people who drive big gas cuzzling cars get a bailout from the government and that poor people then have to pay for. Price caps are not a solution realistically when you have limited stocks of things like oil. It depends on what it's for. I mean, in America, the, I mean, again, what are you going to do? The, it, it's either way, you're going to disproportionately, yeah, and it's still, it's still going to disproportionately poor hurt the poor. Poor buy houses either way right now. But that's, again, we should deal with these problems individually as opposed to just like going, well, if we just raise the interest rate, everything will be fixed. If, it's another simple solution like we talked about but, earlier. But the, the difference is, unlike talking about the link between interest rates and unemployment, which is not an ironclad link, it, they, are, they are linked, but it's not as clear. There is a very clear link between housing prices speculation in the housing market and interest rates because people need more most people still need mortgages to pay for houses and basically what it does is it lowers the max price it's essentially setting a price cap on houses because somebody with an income of $30,000 a year like they can no longer get they can no longer buy like a $25 million house because you can't get it you can't get a a loan like a 100 year loan anymore like it max it basically sets a cap at at the uh the the level of house you can buy so it does restrict the the housing market and will 
lower housing prices. I would say not with these giant companies buying up all the real estate. And they're, you say that, but in, it's all it's all the speculation. In the UK, in bullshit. Canada, Australia, the three countries that have raised interest rate, housing prices have already fallen, like significantly, like five to ten percent in like a month. It's not the same thing as unemployment. Like the link is so clear. I, I think I think we would better we would be better off by just putting a a huge tax like we've talked about before on extra homes. I agree. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. But I think that raising interest rates is also key. I think that having interest rates too low is not good for the it's not good for the economy in general because it encourages debt, which is basically telling people that like just keep buying shit, keep consuming, which is not the signal we want to be spent. I don't think life and our our national interest should be about increasing consumption so that people buy more plastic shit from China, which is I, essentially what it is. I mean, I agree with that, but I don't. I, again, I think that increasing the interest rate is also going to disproportionately hurt poor people. So I also don't want to see that. I think it's also going. I don't to, think it should go too high, but I don't think it should be this low either. Maybe, but I, I don't think we should. Be, I don't think we should be do, doing like record increases of the interest rate either. What's What's your target? What's your Fed target? My, three to six, my three to six months. <laughs> my focus is to keep fucking unemployment low. I want the. I'm. I'm more fo- focused on the labor market, and I want the labor market to remain very free and very friendly why? to labor. Why? Why? Because are you so concerned about it. Because I want to start their own business. I want workers to be able to like. Well, then you would want interest rates low, correct? Not necessarily, because oh, most small business loans are subsidized and carry very low interest rates that are lower than the federal prime rate. So the, this this rate basically only applies to like. Uh, Non-sub. I mean, obviously, it applies to non-subsidized loans. But when you're talking about small business loans and stuff like that, people starting their own stuff, it might be reflected. But for they can't get they can't get loans right now, anyways, because credit is so low that most of the credit is already being consumed by big corporations just taking out cheap credit. If somebody really wants to start a business, they should have the opportunity to do that and not be competing against like people getting ridiculously low credit certainly and that people large firms that also moves into the fact that we should be breaking up a lot of these corporations and joe biden said that he's going to be an anti-monopoly president and hasn't done too much in that that regard yet which i'm still 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 hoping that he does i agree with your your statements i just think that like raising it i and i also agree that we shouldn't raise it too sharply as to trigger unemployment but i also think unemployment is less important than inflation especially for poor people because Poor people, in particular, the working class, they spend the most of their income on like, uh, well, most of their income is non-discretionary. They spend it on like daily necessities. Yeah. So when in, when inflation goes up, they're the ones that are hurt the worst. And yeah. typically, the only, and I'm not saying that you're part of this class, but typically the only ones who are against raising interest rates are large corporations and financiers who see their, who see their uh, kind of the economic buoyancy of the market drying up. Yeah, I think that I think that those things should be dealt with on their own. And I'm I'm not saying you can't raise it at all, but I'm saying what the Fed has said is that they're trying to raise interest rates basically to punish poor people. And did they say that? What, yeah, what was the exact not to punish? Problem? I shouldn't say not to punish poor people. To basically curb the labor market. To to raise they want to raise unemployment. They've literally said this. Not to mention yeah, the, I saw the, the fact Fed did make some stupid statements. Yes, but. and also also that. We talk about inflation. I agree that there's some degree of the inflation is real. A lot of it is not, and there are lit- have literally been uh, like meetings that have had their notes leaked of CEOs saying like, "What a great opportunity to fucking milk the fuck out of all of our consumers. Like we can raise, in- we can pretend that it's all based on interest and like raise the prices like fifty fold. It's it's clear rampant just 
price gouging. And I think that's what we need to deal with because they're going to keep doing this. It's been, it's always been like this. Agree, but inflation is real. Taiwan, which yeah, I meant that. Yeah. Nationalized, like oil companies, has, I think, in two years. It, uh, the price of oil, the price of gasoline, at least, has gone up, what, 25 to 30%. That has, ooh, that's a big bug. That has a knock-on effect on on everything, on food transport. Yeah, for on, sure. I mean, Taiwan is one of the biggest plastic producers in the world. So all of the plastic that they that they get, all of the petrochemicals and stuff like that, get more expensive. So plastic wear, your plastic clothing, plastic shoes, plastic is everywhere. Yeah. So everything gets more expensive, and that especially hurts poor people. So I, I feel like... In this discussion, we can't forget that inflation is a major thing that needs to be dealt with. It, cer it certainly does. And there's, yeah, I think it's just like everything else. It's not a one-step solution. That's why I, I, I agree. I also think that just raising interest rates is not flat going to fix it. We need to stop, stop pretending like one thing. And I'm not saying you're doing this. I'm just saying a lot of people are. They're like, either it's we, we raise the interest rate or we don't. But it's like, no, there's so many things we need to fucking deal with. And I hope that we actually do. Agreed. Rule, number number one being Putin in the face. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if we can get in trouble for that, but I'll, I'll censor accordingly. Because I heard some people were getting in trouble for that on some social media. I feel like... And so on Facebook, I remember, because they were talking about well, this. Well, Facebook is very right-wing. They love their Putin. <laughs> that robot loves his Putin. Zucky. Little Zuckerberg. One of the points you made is really important. I think that... Uh, we need to really crack down on what's the word uh, collusion. If if there's like cartel practices or collusion in the market where companies are there's basically there certainly are. You can look at the railroads right now, which are about to. We might have a. Rail oh, you're talking about in Taiwan? No, talking no, I'm about talking about in the U.S. There's there's six six carriers and they all basically operate in their own area without competition, and there might be a national rail rail workers strike very soon. They thought they avoided it, but actually they didn't agree to a contract yet. So. There could be a huge fucking railroad strike in the United States, which would also really fuck with people's. Uh, I mean, but yeah, Taiwan too. But it, 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 that that would really affect how things go. But yeah, considering those are all gas powered, it's also that's also an industry that's. I'm not. I'm not saying I feel bad for the railroad monopolies. I'm saying that like that the pass on of prices that can occur from these monopolies is even greater probably like if their gas prices go up by 20 percent they're probably passing on 50 percent of the consumer so yeah that's the the whole rail strike is is uh more mostly related to the fact that those people work like 30 days in a row on call 24 7 and cannot take time off even for like the birth of their children so how much good is how, how what percentage of america's like goods are actually transported load. by rail like, what I, I don't know the exact percentage off the top of my head because i think most of american cargo is transported by by truck right now uh maybe like the vast majority i think that the importance of the railroads and i'm not trying to minimize the strike or this issue but i'm saying like i'm sure ben would be very upset with this conversation <laughs> if, if anything i think passenger rail should be encouraged and increased I think that we, we need better rail, but we also, I, I agree with the nationalizing element, especially to get rail service to like rural places. Yeah, the, we should have high speed trains, like to be completely honest. It's kind They're of expensive to build, though. That's the thing. Well, again, it's an investment in infrastructure and it's an investment I in agree. people. I agree, but you're just, you've got to convince a lot of people. That's the thing. Um, 
It says. North American freight by mode. But this isn't a percentage, because 174 is not a percentage. <laughs> Could be. Could be. They ship it twice. It says about 28%. By freight? By, by yeah. uh, train freight? Yeah, 28% is what it says. They also do a lot of, like, uh, shipping mail and things like that as well, so... Do they now? <laughs> they do. That's why, that's why they have these special contracts. Where basically the United States government steps in to help negotiate the contracts between these privatized companies and the rail workers because they ship so many goods that are uh, the U like U.S. mail and things like that, which are need to be heavily protected. So, yeah, I hope I hope they get a good contract where they can actually, you know, take off a, take a day off work without getting like a strike. Agree. I, don't, I don't understand why they have to work so many days in a row. Well, it's because they're they're trying to. Uh, it's just like any anything. Like they're trying to cut it down to as little workers as possible, so they can maximize as much pr profit as possible. What they're trying to do is put. They they have two man crews right now because you know like if one of the people like has a heart attack or like passes out or something, like the other person can take over and make sure that three fucking mile train doesn't crash. Well, they're trying to move to one man crews now. Wow. It's like, it's it, it's absurd. Yeah, that's pretty absurd. It's 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 bad. And it's again like the where, where this conversation came from. It's a cartel. Like there, are, I believe there are six companies and they control their own little sector and there's absolutely no competition. And I think if this is such an important thing to US security in terms of mail, in terms of freight, uh, that it needs to, that it, <clears throat> the, that the US government needs to step in to negotiate these contracts, just nationalize it. I don't, I just don't, I think we need to start nationalizing shit again. And I don't think it's gotta be everything, but things like that that are, very integral to national security yeah we should yeah I, I agree with that I think that uh same thing with oil like it's, it's I don't think oil is I think as crucial to our national security not as crucial but I would say right? it, it is it still is I'd be okay with that yeah I'm not saying you have to nationalize but Nike or something the but problem is it creates a lot of avenues for corruption which is which well is I mean what, what we just talked about is also corruption whether basically filing down the safety and security of their workers and l literally rubbing them into till they're just little nubs of, of people. That's also corruption. Totally, totally. <laughs> but the problem, the, the thing that I have that makes me dubious sometimes about nationalization calls is unlike corporations which do typically have like a robust oversight structure, at least for whether, they're, whether there's uh, fraud and waste on the money side, yeah, because it's about profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the United... In, in things... Not the United States government. In governments in general. I think a lot of that's reduced because governments are just like, this is... You know, it's all helping the state. So just shut the fuck up and let it happen. Like, uh, you look at a lot of states that have nationalized oil industries or, or national oil companies and the fraud and corruption is pretty rampant. And I'm not saying that would happen in the United States. I'm just saying that we... And I'm not saying we shouldn't do it either. I'm just saying that we have to be wary and we have to create oh, yeah. careful structures to prevent that kind of stuff from taking place it's definitely something that i mean should be even if we did none of this nationalization should be something that we're expanding greatly anyway is this like oversight structure whether it's for pol police or law enforcement officers things like that congressional oversight Congress of the biden laptop <laughs> where's hunter biden's laptop i think i think they were saying that uh i, I mean i don't know anything about this because i haven't done any research but is it it, it is it's a real laptop yeah. 
The, I've, I've seen some of the pictures. There's a lot of porn. Basically, all it does is make Biden look like a fucking badass. It's just like him with his... Doing drugs is not badass, Jordan. <laughs> it's just him banging a lot of hot chicks around the world and showing off his, his pretty, pretty sizable member. Is that really what it is? Yeah. And also, I think there's one or two pictures of him smoking crack and a lot of pictures of him smoking cigarettes. Sitting in a bathtub. Yeah, it's basically, basically that. But I, I, I mean, I think it, it mostly does make him kind of look cool. But yeah, you're right. Smoking crack is not cool. I would, I would recommend against it. What I, what I saw is that, uh, that there were some speculations that he, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to d delve into conspiracy theories here. I'm just repeating what, uh, some Republican members of Congress have said, which was that there were some things in there that made them suspicious that um, some of the Chinese companies that had been sanctioned were, or that had been, that had avoided the sanction list were companies that had paid him for lobbying work. And some of the same stuff about the weapons contracts that the United States was giving to Ukraine. That I would that I would have to look at. But I have I mean, no idea. I'm just repeating. It's it's wild conspiracy theories. He definitely he definitely. I, and I've I've written articles, folks. So go check it out on the website. But uh, I had old articles when like all this stuff was happening about before the laptop even came out. But basically, yeah, he he benefited for for having his father as vice president in China and also in Ukraine. He he was on the boards of companies he had no business being on, making money. About the sanctions, I'm, I would have to look deeper into that. I'm not exactly sure about that. But it's also funny because President uh, Donald, Trump. Donald Joseph Trump also was Jane. trying... was trying, Donald Jane, Jane Trump. Donald Jehoshaphat Trump. He was trying to do deals with Zelensky to get the laptop and oh, to get like all this information on on Hunter Biden. Yeah, that was insane. And so, so I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. Basically, he's like, it never would have happened on my watch. Ukraine <laughs> was so strong, except for the time I withheld military. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't you can't claim that it never would have happened, but then also have like a giant scandal hanging in the background that you literally got impeached for yeah. for withholding like congressionally approved military aid so that you would extract personal concessions from the leader of, of that country. Like that's so, not so, so it's it's a bit laughable to me that the Republicans are fucking screaming with their hair on fire over, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop. Like, please spa spare me this, this well, these cries. Like it's something we should look into. Certainly if they if they did get like uh if they did avoid sanctions, that's something we should fix and we should I look saw, into. I saw that uh Alan Dershowitz was basically and he's he's no hero of mine. Oh, and, the but dirt. I saw him being misquoted basically. He's saying that the 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 Department of Justice can't prosecute uh, if they prosecute um, Trump. They need to prosecute Biden's son. He didn't think they could prosecute old Jeffrey Epstein either. Whoa, old, old Dersh. Well, he probably went to that island. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Uh, I think he. I think he was on the flight logs. Allegedly, was he? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure he was. Point being that, the long way here. We got lots of time. Um, he, his statement wasn't like celebratory of that. It was basically regretful. It was saying it's very sad that because of political pressure, that the Department of Justice, if it prosecutes Donald Trump, will probably be politically pressured to also. Like that, they're—it's kind of illegitimate that they're linking those two cases, and yeah. that it's become so politicized. That's what he was saying, and I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just trying to say that. But what, what his implication was 
was that there was enough evidence already to basically charge Hunter Biden so that he, I, I don't know what evidence is there, but what he was suggesting is that there was enough evidence to charge him. If, so. there, if there is, then, then yeah, they should charge him. I don't think anyone should be above the law. But uh, Trump should also be rotting in fucking Guantanamo. What so. I'm wondering is if there is enough evidence at this point, like, because all of this, I feel like this is just a repeated motif mm-hmm. in like democratic investigatory politics is they just investigate somebody for years, come up with nothing, wait until like three weeks before the election. And then got to get that October surprise, bud. I mean, is there enough evidence or isn't there? Because by the time you finish your three fucking year investigation, Everyone will have forgotten about it. Yeah. So like, and it's not, it's not, I mean, prosecuting criminal justice is not about public opinion. It shouldn't be at least. Right. But on the other hand, like, the longer these investigations take, the longer also evidence has to disappear. And, um, and the more or less willing a grand jury will be to, to take on this kind of stuff when, when the, the crime itself is already getting stale and approaching the statute of limitations. Talking about for Biden, for Hunter, for either, honestly. Like, if you, I wish that when it came to politicians, I feel like they're a protected class, basically. That they don't, if it was, if this was a drug crime, if it was like something for which they had evidence in in the regular American criminal justice system, the charges would be filed within a week. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they just throw people in jail for like three years without trial. But what are you talking about? Well, there's there there's a specific case I'm thinking of where. There was a kid who got thrown in Rikers for three years for allegedly stealing a backpack. They never actually charged him. Eventually, he got let out because they were like, well, he's doing more time than he would have actually done. And then he got out and killed himself. I feel like it's missing a part of that because that's like unconstitutional. You're not allowed to hold somebody without charging them. You're allowed to detain them. but You can if if they're a poor person. Legally, you can't. Legally, you can't, but they can. Show show me the details of that case because I, I have some questions over the... The details in there. Okay. All I'm saying is that, yeah, it's, it, I, I, I'm kind of agreeing with your point that it's a rich kid club and they get to get away with a lot of this shit all the time. I mean, it's, it, it, and until, which goes back to the, my point about we need to just increase oversight overall because they, they can't, people can't continue to get away with this. Whether it's rich people or politicians, both of them need to be held much harder, much higher to account. Yeah, exactly. Very much the same thing. So... But, I mean, until people get serious about that, it's just going to keep happening. We can keep pulling our hair out about it. Well, I can't. I don't have any more. But, uh, it's just, yeah, nothing's going to change. Uh, I saw a thing saying basically the bald mullet was coming back in style. Oh, hell yes. I don't know if I believe that, but... Do you want to keep going? We can go for, like, five more minutes. I don't, I don't have much more else to say. I'm just asking. I just want to drink some water. Fault mullet is a classic. I mean, it's a beautiful look. I still feel like the Costanza, Costanza haircut is like the, the ultimate. I suppose you're not wrong. It's a pretty good haircut. Uh. All right, folks. You need to go. Uh, a really obvious piece. Buy our, buy our shirts. We got the we got the Teespring shop up, and uh, I'll link it in the description. It's on, I think I have it on the Twitter. We've got a Telegram group up now, Ari. You should join that. Okay. But I will uh, 
I'll share it around. So if you if you need it, you can also contact us and I'll send it to you. We got some more and more merch going up every day. Hot stuff. And it helps support us. Uh, you can do that. You can go to Patreon. That helps us too. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate all the, the love and support from you beautiful fans. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome.